Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Astro Alchemy. I'm Sarah, and I'm here with Laura, and we're your hosts for our weekly show where we go over the current gate that the sun is moving through from a human design perspective, and then um, also from a gene key perspective, the specific gene key that the sun's moving through. And then finally, we talk about the current transits uh, that are happening this week. Um, today is Wednesday, November 16th. It is 3.41 p.m. And for this episode, we're going to be talking about the 43rd gate or the 43rd gene key. Probably many of you that listen to this will be listening to it after we pass through, but it still would be um, helpful to kind of understand what the energy is for the 43, because I believe that um, the nodes, are the nodes going to go back into the 43 at some point? Okay, never mind. It's still, it's still important to, to, we'll talk about the astrology of it, and maybe that will give some insight about certain, um, certain current events that have been going on. Uh, aside from that, just again, thank you everyone that has recently joined our channel and subscribed. We are super, super grateful for all 103 of you, I think. Please feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions, if you want to get a reading. If obviously, if we're on your fractal, if we resonate, um, leave some comments. Uh, if you want to hear some more, or you're interested in something specific from us. Um, and yeah, just very thankful. And for those of you that are listening but haven't subscribed yet, um, if we resonate, again, if we're on your fractal, please subscribe, like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but other than that, I think we can hop into the human design chart. Yeah, it's funny. I, I like don't subscribe to anyone on YouTube. So it's weird to tell people to subscribe because I would never do it. So, but people subscribe to stuff. stuff. It's weird. I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Convincing you otherwise. Um, but I subscribe. Like, I subscribe. I do. I think I'm subscribed to two astrologers and that's it. Like that's all okay. I need mean, my two people. Um, but here we go. Yeah. Uh, do, do, like, do. Likely if we're correct for people, they probably don't subscribe to a lot of other people either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Here we are with the current chart of the moment, the body graph of the moment. Um, like Sarah said, it's November 16th and we're in the sixth line of gate 43. And at the very end of the sixth line, the sixth color and probably fifth tone so not quite at the very very end but getting there um 43 is programming partners with 23 and in the body graph they are uh, opposition so there's three channels that form this sort of uh programming partner opposition programming partner just means they're opposite of one another in the the zodiac uh so the sun and earth are always opposite one another they seem with the nodes and so um that's just what that means. But there's three channels in which they form an actual channel uh, when they're together or just when the sun or earth are in either one. You can't avoid it. So that's 43, 23, 34, 20, which is coming up in a week or two. Um, and also 40, 37. Those are the three which ones of uh, what's it called due to do a projecting channel because it's not connected to the any motor to the thread or the circle. 34, 20 is the manifesting generator channel um because it's like direct sacral to throw energy and 4037's ego and emotional slower plexus but that's not important just fun facts for you um 
gate 43 is part of individual circuitry and it deals with the wonderful melancholy that we constantly talk about uh, that can be uh, connected to depression or creativity. And so with this channel being active, we've all had this little flavor of melancholy and creation, creative energy this week, uh, which is, you know, a continuation of last week because last week we were one and two. And so that's also individual circuitry and it's part of that same central column within the body graph, a continuation of all that fun stuff. Um, but 43 is over here, it's the gate of insight or breakthrough. Uh, in order for achievement to be maintained, a new order must be fairly established. This gate deals with, the gate itself, 43, deals with efficiency and making things easier. It's in the Ashana Center, which deals with certainty and how we conceptualize, how we understand things, how we form mental awareness around things, and how we share that with others. Um, so 43 deals with the individual mutative energy that gets processed through our brains to create insight to share an idea or you know the insight itself with someone I love those ideas but 43 is insight um 23 is the explanation energy of how we externalize that knowing that instinctive mutative insight uh and so together they form the channel of explanation I can't remember what the specific gate name of 23 is there but 43 is insight. And so with the sun in the sixth line, we can read this for you. Um, breakthrough, exalted sun, actualization, and centering that in breakthrough would naturally establish both internally and externally a new order. Unique knowing that is both personally and collectively of value. Um, and then we can also read the earth splitting apart amorality, the awareness, the understanding, which leads to the acceptance of diversity. It's the gate of assimilation. There we go. Assimilation and explaining. Uh, the gradual attunement of diversity through synthesis, Mars and exaltation with this earth in six, uh, or not in the earth in six, but right now we have six anyways. Uh, the exponential growth of energy and its power of assertion engendered by fusion, individual knowing which brings diversity to synthesis. Jupiter in detriment to the principled but futile withdrawal from fusion that leads to atrophy. Individual knowing that holds on to diversity and loses its power in expression. Um, anyways, going back to what my brain has to say on this. Uh, 43 is uh, it's part of the godhead of Hades, which I mentioned last week with gate one being part of the energy of Hades. And so um, it deals with this concept of death, moving towards death. Oh, I feel like my thoughts are all over the place. <laughs> and like, I listened to a bunch of stuff before coming here. And so like my brain is just like, rah, rah, rah. this is 4323. Like, can you explain an idea efficiently? And right now I cannot, I don't have 23, but 23 is active. So I feel this mental pressure coming through to explain <laughs> this idea efficiently and it's not going to happen. I'm waiting for it to go over so we can go back to our 1156 storytelling and have that be it. But let's see if we can explain things. Uh, 4323, yes. It's the energy of being able to have things be more efficient, find the easiest way of accomplishing something. And if you are unable to accomplish it in a quick matter, let's see if I can. Um, should I stop sharing and then go back later when we talk about other stuff, Sarah? Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, I think that, you know, for this, because we're still in the 43, less is more because the reactive nature is noisy, right? So there's there's a quality of like, let's try and be, I guess, 
as direct about it as we can, if that makes sense. So that yeah. we're not, cause it could just be, and I feel that too. I've been feeling that for a few days of just like, I'm just, I don't know what's, you know, I don't know what's coming out. A lot of stuff is coming out. So that um, is the whole point of this Gaten channel, let less is more. Let's find the most efficient way that we can explain or get to any point. And if it's going to be in any way complicated, we're going to be unable to like get there directly. Like with the 43, you have to go to the very basics to learn something. And there's this tendency to want to understand stuff, to have the mental insight, to know what there is to know. And so I personally having this in cigarettes too, like we love information. We're going to do everything we can to get more and more information, but there's this tendency to jump ahead of ourselves and to get to higher levels of understanding where you have to go through the initial steps to get there. You can't jump ahead and learn all the things without understanding the foundation of what something is construed. Um, so 43, yeah, what else is there? Again, it's creative. Intuitive insight in the now moment is creative. And because of that, and because it's individual works on the pulse, on that mutative impulse that you can't force. And so it's going to be there in its dormant state. And you just have to wait for the chemistry to change you, for the insight to come through, for the breakthrough, the understanding, whatever it is that you're supposed to know will come through. But because that, I, I, I call it a pressure. It's not like in the pressure centers but it is a pressure with like that exists within the melancholy because you want something to change and you're waiting impatiently for it to change and it's not happening and so you can feel it build up and it's that buildup of moodiness that leads to melancholy and depression and just feeling out of sorts with yourself so that's a big thing but because well like Sarah and I both have 43 without 23 because it's not the sun that's in 43 but because the sun's in 43 we also have 23 and so together, it's the genius to freak channel. Uh, with the genius to freak channel, uh, there is this ability to be able to explain things extraordinarily in a very nice and efficient manner, not so much as I'm doing now. But it's really great. Like people who have this channel can come off as geniuses as long as they're correctly invited to do so. If you think of someone who, <laughs> it's funny, but it's so true. I know a lot of genius to freak people with this channel, but if they just start talking without being invited to talk, like without an idea already having been set on the stage of a conversation and they just like pick a random thought in their head and go with it, it will make zero sense to anyone else that's listening. And it's just like, you have no idea what they're talking about because they're going through their own mutative process and they're trying to externalize it. But the point is, to be able to mutate the other. That's kind of the heart of, you know, the, not the heart of it, but just the progression with individual energy to tribal energy to collective. You have a mutation in the individual and eventually the point of that mutation is to bring it to everyone else. And so you can mutate the other in the right moment at the right time with the right connection. And if those bridges aren't being met with the right connectivity, then that idea won't be able to penetrate and mutate the other. And then it's going to be perceived as a freak of just like no idea what you're talking about. So it's a very fun channel to witness in actuality when it happens. Like it can be frustrating because like someone's trying to say something and you're just like, nope, no, stop talking. Please. Like don't know where you're going. No one knows where you're going. It's just going in your own circles. Um, but anyways, I'm trying to think of everything else. That I mentally prepared, but not like written out notes prepared for today. Sarah, is there anything else you want to mention about 43 or 23 right now? 
Uh, I think it's just interesting to note that like for part of this year, the nodes were in this, even though I was uh, incorrect to say that they are going back in this, they're not, they're done, but they were in this for a while. And there was definitely a seed change in what I would say, well, like the, the ability to express ideas. Like I felt like a, like I felt like, and for me, I tend to like the 4323. Maybe it's because I'm very abstract. And for some reason, this 4323, when it's activated, it kind of makes more coherent my like my nonlinear thoughts or my nonlinear tangents. So in a sense, on a practical human design level, I, I tend to like this channel. Um, and I think it's interesting that, you know, this is one of the death gates and, um, what 38 39 43 and there's one other death gate i have <laughs> i have three of them um but the 43 uh there's this quality of deafness associated with it wherein um and we'll get into this a little bit more with the gene keys but um in this particular in this particular gate it's about you really not being able to um on, on the kind of high side it's like you you can't hear the collective and or and this is so that you can kind of stay in your own individual process if you have this um this gate and on the low side it's like you can't even hear yourself um so so there's the quality of kind of being able to like be an island into yourself within your own mind um which again like what, what laura was saying it could come off as like you're very highly intelligent to someone or like they have no idea what you're saying because um, because you're in your own little kind of intellectual world. Uh, so, so yeah, so I think those things like the individual circuitry is important to note with the 43. Um, it's part of the, yeah, I think, I think that's, I think we covered everything. Uh, to piggyback off you with the uh, deafness, the deafness, it's interesting because that's like the, the shadow for the gene key, um, but from the human design side, that deafness is a protection mechanism. Because if you think about you going through your own mutation in your own head to come to some sort of conclusion of, of awareness, that, you know, aha, genius, eureka moment. Uh, if someone else is interfering with that and giving you their opinion or their insight, uh, it could prevent you from reaching your mutation and what you're supposed to come through. And so that deafness protects you uh, from outside interference so that you can actually go through your own internal process. Um, but it's just funny because, you know, you wouldn't think that like tuning out everyone would be a good thing because uh, like in the gene key, it's considered like the shadow. It's sort of construed as negative. But anyways, yeah. Um, is there anything else? I wanted to say that we had 4323 active from the middle of March to the end of July. Uh, that's when it was active. Um, if you want to go back and check your calendars to see what you were experiencing during that time. Um, but let me reshare to see if there's anything else worth mentioning here. Um, well, just to, just to add on to what you were saying, it's interesting for this particular key, which we're going to go into, he, it, there is the shadow quality of it being deafness to yourself, but then he talks about the shadow being a gift when it comes to your ability to tune people out. So like that protective quality that you were just talking about, there's this like, uh, inherent dual nature to the deafness in a sense where like if it's and so 
So it's not like deafness is bad, but deafness is bad when you're unable to hear yourself um, and bad, you know, whatever. That's like not a very, um, not a very good adjective to use, but, um, but yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> other news. Uh, we also have 214 defined right now uh, with Mercury and 14 and two with, Uranus and um, the North Node. And so that's giving everyone a little flavor of generator energy. And that's been active, I think, since the 11th. What day is it? It's the 16th today. Um, just for you to look at what you're experiencing to see if you are feeling that particular gate. Let me see. Do, 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 do. Um, I can't find where it starts. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like since the 10th or 11th, uh, something like that. That seems right. 11th, 12th. Actually, it's the 12th. Is it? I don't know. Um, and so we talked about the two in that sense. And, you know, the sun's going to be moving into 14 or the earth. The sun will be moving into 14 um, this afternoon. <laughs> so we'll talk about that one next. So I won't necessarily elaborate too much on it right now, I guess because it's not necessary, because it's going to continue to be active, but it was Mercury that was defining 214. Um, and Venus moved into Sagittarius. Sarah brought that up to me today, which means the sun, Venus is in 34. And there is a correlation, actually, it's important to note, between 43 and 34. Not their numbers, but their uh, codon that they're associated with, what they should think is aspergine. Is it? Yeah, asper asparagine um, or asparagine, however it's pronounced. And so there is a link between 43 and 34. If you understand 34, which, you know, we'll get to in like two weeks' time, it's about power and just pure life force, not life force energy, but it's an individual gate of the sacral. So think of like using your own individual creative energy. For yourself to do um I think the shadow is forced like it is a gate that it's very well is it selfish self-centered like using your energy for what you want to use your energy for and in that being fully immersed and fully devoted to it fully uh and enmeshed in being busy with your own energy and again in that there's this quality of tuning out everyone else or pushing everyone else away so that you can focus on whatever it is that you're doing. Not that 34 is the death gate, but it has a similar quality to it. And the link between 43 and 34 is this energy of efficiency. Uh, 43 wants to make things as simple as possible. And it wants to make the way we use our energy the most efficient and possible it could possibly be. Uh, so it's not just, you know, being able to understand something as quickly as possible or as simply as possible or trying to teach someone two plus two as easily as possible. But it's also connected because of this codon, part of the codon ring of destiny, uh, this connection to 34 and how we're using our energy. Are we using our energy as efficiently as possible? Um, and so, yeah, if you're feeling inefficient right now, uh, that can create the melancholy. And if you're feeling unable to explain the ideas, that can also create melancholy. But um, I suppose that's it. Anything else here you want to bring up? No, I think that I think that covers the the forty three. Okay, so here we have the shadow of deafness, the gift of insight, and the city of epiphany. 
again, just mentioned the code on Ring of Destiny, which I, you know, I don't know if you knew this, Sarah, but like looking at all the code on rings, you don't necessarily know why they're grouped together, but it's because of the codons. It's because they both have a spirit gene. So when you look at a codon ring, the way that they're linked together is that the amino acid that they all share is the same. It makes so much sense. Here is 4323 in action, this complex idea of like, how are the codon rings put together? Well, simply put, it's just they all have the same codon. <laughs> yeah, that's how they get their name. That's how they're assembled. Super, super, super simple. Um, another name for 43 is breakthrough. Uh, the E-chain name for it is resoluteness. Programming partner 23 with the shadow of complexity, the gift of simplicity, and the city of quintessence. Uh, and again, like Sarah said, there's the noisy, reactive shadow nature and uh, the repressive, worried nature. And I think the dilemma of this gene key is not knowing, but I could be wrong. It's a channel of knowing, but I think the dilemma is when you don't know and you want to know that frustration and trying to you know, come to some sort of conclusion that you're not yet chemically equipped for. Um, but Sarah, do you want to talk about this? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like obsessed with this key now because partially because like, you know, eclipse season has brought through to me a lot of really, really deep, deeply insightful qualities that like lightning strike quality of like not being able to unsee something. And I think that, you know, Richard Rudd says in the beginning of the chapter, when it comes to the 43rd gene key, at the shadow level of awareness, change is all you really want, but true change is denied you. It is because you want to change that you cannot change. The 43rd shadow of deafness is what prevents you from hearing the simplest of truths. In this sense, deafness is the inability to hear what's going on inside of you. And so like, I relate to this so hard. And like one of the biggest insights I got this, this, this Scorpio season really, because I'm a Scorpio rising. And so like a lot of planets fly through my first house during Scorpio season and enlighten me to some of my uh, 12th house things that have been going on from the prior months is that, you know, you could be, and I've been a very dogmatic meditator. I've been a very dogmatic yogi and you can be as dogmatic as you want with the things that you're doing. But if you have this sense that you have to be doing something in order to feel good or in order to be um, in a sense, in alignment, like you lose the, you lose the, the, the kind of sweet nectar that comes from the activity in and of itself. And so like, I realized I'm like, you know, I could be aligned if I am taking a walk, I could be aligned if I'm laying in my bed, I can be aligned in in anything that I'm doing as, you know, banal or mundane as it may be, um, if I'm accepting what it is that I'm doing. And that kind of seems just like an intuitive thing to, to understand, but it's interesting because whenever we, and this is like also a control thing, right? And, you know, Pluto is the planet that I have here. So control is usually associated with that planet, generally speaking. Whenever we are trying to control, like I'm trying to control myself and get myself into alignment, it's like your desire to be in alignment is actually causing you to not be in alignment. And so you have to just unattach yourself completely to what it is and just try your very best to be present. 
And, you know, it just, it makes me laugh because it's like my willpower, you know, before I knew what human design was and understood that I have inconsistent willpower, my ego's willpower is very, very strong, right? It's that like death grip that my personality consciousness has on my life is very strong. So I can get myself to, you know, do like really intense exercise, like regimens, I can get myself to do really intense diets, like all of these things. And it's like the, the, the Einstein quote that I, that I speak a lot, that I, that I mention a lot, you know, you can't change your level of consciousness by, or you can't, you can't get the answer to a question from the same consciousness that the question was made, um, just comes up often for me. And it's like, you can't strangle alignment into place. It has to be just like natural and it has to come out of a, an unattachment to, to being aligned. So, um, so I'll just say that to start, Laura, do you want to add anything in as I go? No, I'm going to go grab a sweater. So you, you can keep talking. talking. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm starting to get some sunlight here in my face, so I hope it's okay for the camera. Um, so there's that. And then the other thing I wanted to just touch on um, is that what ends up happening to people with the 43rd key activated is that um, we end up essentially like being blocked from our own inner knowingness or our own inherent truths. We end up being blocked from it because the um, the noisiness kind of, it, it, it tunes everything out and we get tuned in to like the collective fears and the collective frequencies of fears. And so even if it isn't like ourselves in a sense, like we can get caught up in the collective, the collective fears. Um, and basically like, this is an individual gate, which we were talking about before, but there's this interesting kind of dualistic quality, this like kind of strange cognitive dissonance with the 43, because on the one hand, like the, the world that we're in, like the society that we're in, the cultural, the structures, all of those things, like they're in place to give us a sense of security. But like, ultimately, if we're going to be kind of living according to our own truths, like there's no there's no security to be found. And so people who are functioning at a higher level of this, this gate are going to be people who really like, they may be outcast by society. And when they're in the shadow, it's really hard for them to accept that because part of the genius to freak quality of at least this part, part of the, this part of the channel is that like, you have to just like accept not being accepted in a sense in order to um, be able to fully individuate yourself in your own consciousness um, because individual circuitry is kind of inherently opposite to collective dogma. It doesn't work together. They don't, there's no, there's no like place to really find, like, you know, within the homogenization, there's no place to find the, 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 the genius. So, um, so that's something I, I, I just want to give you a chance to talk, but I can keep going. Well, as I was listening to the chapter and listening to the human design stuff, like there, there's depth to be mentioned here and I can't remember what it is that I wanted to say. So I'm not sure if it's going to be pulled out of me. Um, okay. I feel like somehow it connects to what you were saying about like not fitting in with the homogenization, 
but that idea it's percolating so maybe it'll come out let we'll see we'll watch the show and see what happens but um is there anything else I want to mention I'm not sure I don't know I feel like yeah like I prepared mentally but my brain totally <laughs> like, nope, let's not do it today let's skip <laughs> so you can continue talking you're on a roll well, and something that I like that I relate to on an uh, experience level is that it says the fear that your mind is kind of perseverating around has to do with what your body is feeling. And so like we create all of these stories around what our body is feeling and what ends up happening is we just end up going on these repetitive loops because our mind thinks that if we can just get the right information, that we can just answer the right questions, we can explain away our feelings but like that's not what feelings are here for that's not how feelings work you have to feel them you have to allow them to move through you and then you know then you can kind of wait for clarity too depending on if you're defined or undefined dsp but um for me like living it's always been like this the 43 has shown up especially with pluto as this obsession with like trying to control my feelings because my feelings like I can be very, very um, type A, but the one thing about me that can't be type A is my feelings. And like, no matter how, you know, mental, organized, disciplined, uh, logical I can be, as soon as my feelings are involved, everything goes out the window and I become a messy, instinctual human. And that can be difficult for someone who's very type A. And so it's like, the Pluto placement in my first house has been colluding with that like quality that I have within myself um, and my emotional wave to like to be like yeah you like keep trying to to strangle your feelings into like a, a nice little pretty package and keep getting smacked around by them every time you do it until you learn that like you're just you just need to accept your feelings and you have to like that's it you have to you have to accept your messiness in a sense um and it doesn't matter if you're accepted by other people and I was like literally thinking today I'm like wow I'm literally like a human wormhole um I'm gonna make it my IG bio because I'm like I with Pluto with this this particular Plutonian placement you know being a dark of the moon person which I could talk about on another day and um and just some of the other things that i have in my chart having a split definition emotional projector it's like when people come into my aura it's like it's like you better be ready for change like that's how it is because i've always had to like toe this line and be very hyper aware of the places that i don't fit in and it makes me like particularly well suited to also call other people out in the places that maybe they're not being honest with themselves and, and whenever I get into a dance relationally with anyone, friendship, familial, romantic, or otherwise, it's like, I'm looking at all of this stuff always in myself. And so if you're friends with me, you're going to have to also either by proxy or just like directly look at it too. Um, and, and look at the, and, and I kind of am, I feel like such a such a proponent of individuation as Carl Jung imagined it. And just the idea that like, you know, what we're here to do is to become as authentically ourselves as we possibly can. And in human design, that means to decondition, but it's a deeply individual process in a sense. It's very much, it starts with the individual. 
And so I think, you know, the 43 um, has, you know, has almost like cursed me in a sense, but also been like my diamond and this like quality of um, like my higher self that's like asking me to come into like my wholeness and it, at every step me trying to fit into the way social standards are the way that the culture is like I've been undermined by my subconscious um or by my you know my daimon and and in order to never really be able to fit in or never feel like I really can fit in or be like hyper um aware of the places that I don't fit in and so like unable to like deny that you know and and be in some kind of state of ignorance around those things within myself so um and and the feeling function I think is just interesting when it comes to the mind because you know for those of us that have divine minds or have gates in the ajna or head center it's like there's there is this quality if you have um it's split definition of like you know, having to like come to terms with the instinctual, the like the 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 animal body and like being aware of like this, you know, innate capacity to like hold the logos or like this higher level or higher order knowledge while still having to deal with your very human side, which actually reminds me of of what Laura talked about a few weeks ago when we were talking about the new moon in Aries and Chiron. Um, because um, he basically had this issue too of of really like getting in touch with his, um, his 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 animal side or his instinctual side, and so I think about I, I think about Chiron a little bit when I'm thinking about this as well. Um, as far as the repressive nature and the reactive nature go, uh, we have worry, which again, like this is like when the mind's going around and around and around and around trying to come up with the reason that you're not feeling good instead of just accepting it. And that can create, you know, a very complicated, not self kind of situation around like, if I have this place right here on this specific day, and I eat this kind of thing, it's like, then I'll get this particular result. It's like, that's where, when we're, we're worried and we think that we can control things, we get into the state of like trying to like build these complex structures. And, you know, again, like this is a simple, this is more simplistic. We're looking for simplicity here with the 4323 as a whole. And so like worry will create um, these labyrinths of, of tasks that need to be accomplished in order to get yourself free from the, the fear that your body's holding on to. And then the other side of course is noisy. And that's when you're just like, basically like, you know, talking out of your ass. Like you're just going, 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 going because you, you deeply wanna be understood. You deeply want this quality, you know, you're in the, the individual and you're the individual circuitry and you want to have someone understand you. And so you over explain yourself and you're overthinking too. And so there's no way to actually get in touch with the um, kind of higher order intuitive knowing that's within your body because you're, you're too um, distracted by your mind. So um, Laura, do you- Go blind for a second. <laughs> the light's going in your eyes. Yeah, uh, something I think is interesting is like, if you look at the body graph, you know, part of the pressure that is fueling this uh, gate is 61, and then it moves into 24, and then it gets into um, 
wherever we are now, 43. So I wanted to mention the others um, if I, I won't show the screen, but um, with, will I do it? I don't know, maybe I will show the screen. It will be easier for you to look at what I'm looking at. One second. Um, if we look at 61, 61 is, did it click? It didn't click, it did click. Um, the the psychosis, the psychosis being disenchanted and being fanatical. I feel like fanatical is a great word of like that pressure that comes from that head that's trying to find the answer, trying to ask the right question to like figure out what to do. And then it moves into 24. And um, I think one of the shadows of 24 is feeling anxious. Yeah, frozen and anxious uh, and being addictive to those thoughts. And so like all that is being channeled down into 43 and then 43 is like, okay, like we want to do something about it. We want to get to the throat and like use our energy to do something with this mutative force that's bubbling within us that wants to figure out what, what to do, wants to figure out how we can get from point A to point B. And so like Sarah's been saying, it it's very fickle. And so you just have to like go through the feelings and go through the discomfort and go through the pain that's there until like the clarity comes or the mutation or whatever it is for you to see what it is that needs to get done or needs to change or needs to be known um going back to 43 and so um yeah I I have my Mercury in 43 because I was talking about her Pluto I have Mercury and Pluto and Pluto in 43 on both the design and uh personality side and it's my personality Mercury and so for me this is my externalization my voice it's what I say or my communication energy uh mercury isn't part of the gene key holograms which I think is interesting maybe it will eventually be a part of one but on the human design side uh the personality mercury is your communication and so my communication as Sarah can probably attest to is uh is it insightful um it's a bunch of information that like I'll have insight and I want to externalize it and I want to share it because it's in line four uh which is all about you know, the externalization process, just taking opportunities and sharing what's from within to without. Uh, and so I, I do resonate with this gene key. And then it, it can be extremely frustrating when you want to find clarity within a thought and it's not conceptualizing and it's like stuck in that state where you don't know what the answer is and you're trying to pry it apart and like pull the threads and figure out what it is that's there and like nothing is happening. So very much resonate uh with the the deafness of just the I forgot how you phrased it earlier um not being able to listen to yourself because you're avoiding the feelings of the shadow state and in the avoidance you're not actually listening to what's there and what's inside and what could potentially turn into something else um so yeah <laughs> No, I was just going to say too something that um, Richard Rudd says still in the shadow is that, you know, with the 43, we are simply too busy worrying to hear, or we are too busy knowing what we are doing to listen. And I think that, you know, that kind of, <laughs> it's like, I know what I have to do, right? Like that's the first, that's the presupposition that is incorrect that creates this complete blockage from your own intuitive knowing it's like oh well you know and i could talk about this with diet or with any type of illness it's like oh well i know that i have to do x y and z in order for 
um, you know, my stomach not to hurt. And it's like, well, do you know that though? Or like, do you just think that and you've convinced yourself that it's true. And so now like there's a self-fulfilling prophecy living out for you, but actually like that particular food has nothing to do with it. And you're too busy being self-assured in like in a world where there's no certainty to actually be able to be open for the insight that you need. And so like, I, I see that uh, there's like a hubris to it, right? Like there's like a, I know everything. And like, I haven't become an empty vessel in order to be able to hold space for other information that I see with like a lot of people in our generation, because it's, what is it? It's like 90, 91 and 92 all definitely had like the 43 active in their, in their charts. Um, because Pluto takes such a long time to move through things. So our generation very much has this as part of their, as part of our collective shadow, you know, and, and just interestingly, like, you know, the desire to fit in exists within this key. And so like, you know, there, it was, I mean, everyone can kind of decide for themselves, but the, the fear of being an outsider, it was very strong. I felt like specifically like in my high school growing up but I would assume that it wasn't just for me. It was probably for many. Whereas I feel like the Gen Z is like, they don't care. They'll do whatever they want, whenever they want. And like, that's what makes them cool. So, so those are, those are some of the things about the shadow. As far as the, um, the gift, I love that he calls it the creative rebel. Um, he says in the beginning, every human being is born to be a rebel in the sense of filling a space in the world that cannot be duplicated by another. The wonder of the human being is this unpredictable, spontaneous, liquid genius. Um, as we, as individuals, when we awaken to our true creative potential, that which is hidden in our DNA begins to rise up and pull us out of the survival frequency. And I just love that because I love the term liquid genius. And I love that this is a Scorpio gate because it feels very much like you know, you can't freeze genius and you can't step in the same river twice, right? So um, when we're thinking about people who are like, oh, like talking about how, you know, six months ago, I was so just in my creative space, my creative center, and I was able to, you know, write all this poetry and I was waking up early and doing all of these like, you know, creative things, but it's like, you're not there anymore. So you have to figure out a new way to, to get there. You know, you can't, do the same thing in a different, and we talk about space-time, in a different location of space-time and expect the same results. Like it is a liquid process. Um, it's movement and, and you have to be in a sense tuned into what is required of you at any given space-time location in order to be able to tap back in. And sometimes you're tapping into a very uninspired self and that's part of the individual, um, that's part of the individual circuitry in general is that like, we're in melancholy sometimes and sometimes um, we're inspired <laughs> and we don't get to decide when it is. We just have to learn how to be patient through the contractions and to learn how to expand more deeply into the expansive moments. Um, to piggyback before you continue, I forgot something from the human design side that's connected to this of how it is a creative process of being able to explain yourself intellectually and like people don't realize that being able to teach someone something that's a creative artistic process and so people with this channel like they they don't put in the effort to develop this creative skill within them 
and so that they then cannot express themselves and allow the creative mutation of this potential out of this gate to come out. But like when you do dedicate yourself to being able to express yourself and you put the effort into it, then when it's the mutation happens, then you can, you know, just ride that wave of what you've already worked on to be able to express yourself in a way that uh, makes sense to the other, but is artistic artistically full creative that's not a word artistic fully that's yeah not a word <laughs> whatever that word is artist no I can't say it anyways you know what I mean um but sorry you're go just being a creative rebel with your language you're getting... making up words I really want to find that quote now that you're going through the book I didn't write down the quote but there is something Richard Rudd says about death and I want to bring that up because this um is part of the the not the quote on ring but like the godhead of Hades and it deals with like avoiding death by distracting yourself in the human experience uh distracting yourself by trying to leave a legacy or dedicating yourself to your work with Jinky 34 uh doing all these things to prevent the thought of death and like what's gonna happen after you leave from happening and uh Richard Rudd even brings it up in the gene keys it's not just the human design so I'm gonna try to find it so you can go ahead and yeah, talk you know, I mean, something I interesting about the creative rebel is like so socially, like we put these people on pedestals, right? Like when we're thinking we 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 make heroes out of them, we make, you know, like the the protagonists of all of our favorite films always have this quality. And yet, like most of us only watch them from a safe distance, because when it actually comes to our own lives, we would rather have security and structure than to be able to do the things that are required. One of my favorite things that he says is that the gift of the 43 is immensely creative. Whoever has it simply cuts a new pathway without worrying about where it's going. And like, there's a quality in this where you can't be worrying about where you're going in order to be being, in order to, to do the service of divinely being. And, um, it's 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 not easy to be there but everybody you know ultimately they might not look at you like the people that are close to you in your life positively when you're really living it out initially but like ultimately there has to be some understanding that like everybody ultimately wants to individuate even if they um are addicted to their own comfort and their own security and so, you know, those of us that have the 43 and feel like we're getting closer and closer to our deconditioned selves, um, you know, this is kind of like a, uh, just an affirmation of like your need to be different in order for it to work, <laughs> the, the deconditioning process. Um, and, you know, something else he says is that with these people, it's like once they have the kind of ultimate insight, the ultimate I guess you could call it enlightenment. Like they just realize they'll just do whatever they want because they realize that there's like this divine order that's underlying everything, no matter what they say or do, it's there. And so they're kind of just, you know, letting their freak flag fly in a sense. And they're able to um, not feel like the fear or the worry associated with being an outsider. Um, and, and this type of behavior, like makes somebody very unique, um, but they're also accessible because they're not like a monk living on a mountain. Like we talk about a lot. They're very like, I'm being, 
I'm being divine in my humanness right now, like no matter what it is that I'm doing. So, um, so did you find the quote? No, I don't think the words death or dying are in that chapter, which is very disappointing. No, no, what word did Richard Rudd use, if not one of those two? So it's okay. Maybe it was in the audio contemplation and not in the book itself, because I listened to both. So maybe I'm looking in the wrong spot, but that's okay. I'll like put it in the description box below if I do find it. <laughs> this is my favorite. I think this is probably the last thing that I have to say, but my favorite quote that he says is, um, the secret of this code on ring is the secret of timing and through the ages it has whispered a great truth into the ears of those whose insight is developed enough to hear it. Life is a mystery in which chance and love are dancing together. The more you allow love, the more chance appears to work in your favor. When you love totally unconditionally, even chance is shown to be an illusion and the underlying cosmic geometry or cosmometry is revealed behind all things. It is only then that your timing becomes perfect and that which appears to be random is understood as an aspect of the holographic universe unfolding its myth through your life. Destiny is governed by the combination of human strength and insight. Only at the highest Hasidic level do you transcend the force of destiny altogether. And I just thought this was like, so chills, just like lots of chills because you know, when he says life is a mystery in which chance and love are dancing together. It's like, if you can understand, you have to like pull yourself out of the actual like attachment to like the things that are happening. It's like every single person that comes into your life, nobody's an accident. Everybody is part of your subtle body. Everybody has something to teach you. There's not one person that's crossing your path that doesn't have a unique purpose for doing so. And like when you get to that state of, and even when you hit illnesses, when you help hit deaths, when you hit things that are hard, it's like each of these things are like gifts. And when you can get to that point where you're seeing it like this, there's this level of love that you have for all of the things that are happening to you. Um, have I gotten there yet? <laughs> I would say that I can understand it. What you say? You're working on it. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to, I guess, like not working on it. I'm trying to not work on it. You know what I mean? I'm trying to like let go of trying to work on it. So it's, you know, but the, just the idea of, of being unattached and being able to see the fact, and like, this is where, you know, astrology, human design, gene keys, like all come in really strongly and loudly for me, because like, it has given me, it has given my 43 the ability to see how synchronized everything is. Um, and it's almost like once I really can integrate that knowing into my body, it's like, I almost won't even need the systems anymore. Um, maybe for other people, but I probably won't need it as much for looking at myself. So, so that's the 43, you can finish however you want, but I don't have anything else I want to say, um, unless you want to just move on to the astrology. I'm just bothered that I can't remember what I wanted to share somewhere in my brain unfortunately it's not supposed to be heard I guess that's the point like if you have right-mindedness in your chart you, whoever you're with is what pulls whatever it's supposed to be pulled out of you some so. things are ready to come out and some things are not <laughs> depending yeah. on your environment yeah maybe it hasn't mutated enough within me yet and that's the point that it's still in that you know yep. in the groundwork um but we can move on to astrology um 
sorry, I'm just trying to find the share screen button. There we go. Do, do, do. This is not the astrology. This is the astrology. Um, Here we go. Wow, look at those trines. Whew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A lot of trining energy. So, uh, you know, Sun and Mercury are in Scorpio. Venus just went to Sagittarius. Uh, the Sun is at 24 degrees and Mercury is at 29 degrees. And so they're trining Jupiter, who's at 28 degrees in Pisces. Uh, and Neptune, who's at 22 degrees, uh, 44 of Pisces. Um, Moon's currently in Leo. Mars is still in Gemini, retrograding. Um, yeah, but that's like the biggest thing, all that. And the, it's it's sextiling Pluto at 26 degrees. But yeah, for the most part, like lots of Jupiter and Neptune trying energies in the water signs. Um, anything you want to elaborate on, Sarah? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, interestingly, right. Like we had the, we had the, um, 61, 24 activated for a while. And the 61, I believe Pluto was in the 61. Mm -hmm. Is that right? And then it just moved into the 60. I don't know over the past few days. Um, so Pluto went from being in the 61 back to the 60. So that's something of note to think about. Um, because, you know, the 61, both are pressure centers, right? One's in the, the 60s in the root and the 61 is in the uh, head, but um, different kinds of pressure, right? Like difference between mental pressure and like physical, like body pressure. Um, so just to, to kind of touch on that quickly, um, but, you know, as far as the actual transits go, we've been having all of this scorpionic energy for a while i mean really like since the start of eclipse season it's been on and popping and you know we're going to see within the next day well venus moved into sagittarius mercury's moving into sagittarius the sun is going to move into sagittarius um in about Mm -hmm. six days so by the time we're into our next week's episode likely well, maybe not quite then, but we're going to, we're going to be close to the sun being in Sag. When the sun moves into Sagittarius, we're dealing with right now, the sun in, in, in a Mars ruled sign means that like, we're really like heavily looking at the Mars retrograde to like tone our experience because Mars is the planetary ruler of Scorpio. But as soon as the sun goes into Sag, there's like all of this feel good energy because we have Jupiter in Pisces, which is Jupiter is exalted in Pisces, or I'm sorry, Jupiter is at home in Pisces, Venus is exalted in Pisces. And so it really is like this sea change of like, dark, deep underworld work that needs to be done to like this more lighthearted, a little bit like devil's advocate. I know that Sagittarius can be like very, and Gemini, because we're gonna have the Sagittarius planets eventually opposing the Mars retrograde, but it's almost like this like fun, like debate, like, but like, like you're, you're debating with someone that you love to debate with, um, energy coming through. And, and so I think that looking towards Sagittarius season, I'm just excited to see like a more lighthearted energy after like the intensity and the shock and the explosiveness of eclipse season. Um, and you know, we're going to have a new moon and Sag coming up as well, but I don't really need to get into that. 
today. So, so those are kind of my, you know, key takeaways from the chart is just that, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're moving on out of eclipse season. We didn't talk about this, I don't think yet, but Saturn did go into 49. It was, it's been in 13, um, which again is another, 49 is another, oh no, it's not, it's, it's in the emotional center. Um, and so we have that 60 and the 49 is kind of new parts of um, an ongoing longer story. Um, and then one other thing, I was just listening to Adam Ellenboss. He has a channel, Nightlight Astrology, and he was talking about the Jupiter um, cycle because apparently like what always happens is the sun will trine Jupiter shortly before um, Jupiter goes direct. So in about six days or so, we're going to have the sun trining or no, like four days or so sun's going to try and Jupiter. And then a couple of days after that, Jupiter goes direct and, you know, the sun and Jupiter have their own cycle together, right? There's a, and Jupiter has its own cycle, but during, um, this part of the Jupiter sun cycle, we're kind of going towards like the waning crescent in a sense, um, as the sun starts to, uh, make its way to Jupiter, by the time we have the next Jupiter sun conjunction, we're going to have Jupiter and Aries. It's going to be an exalted Jupiter. This is not going to be until the spring of next year. Um, but it's going to be a really big, I think I'm, I'm interested to look at where the gate is, but it's going to be a big Jupiterian moment, I think for people who have a lot of Aries and it's gonna, you know, whatever's been happening between the Jupiter and Pisces and Jupiter and Aries parts of your chart, I feel like there's going to be a level of release when it comes to beliefs first. And then this like reintegration of new beliefs, this like very, you know, we're, we're, we're going through the quarter of mutation now. And I think by the time spring comes around, we're going to be in a really intense initiatory cycle where we are literally like putting the, putting the, the, you know, the, putting the rubber to the road and actually getting to implement some of our newfound understandings that we've gained over the past year. So that is a longer form thought for a longer form transit, but, um, but Jupiter is going to be direct in about four, five, six days. I think it's the 22nd. So yeah, like 23rd okay. or 22nd. I don't know. Uh, that's really interesting. I didn't know that Jupiter will try and or sun, the sun will try and Jupiter right before it goes direct. The gate is 42, which is one of your favorites. But I wonder, do you know what line you have a 42? Four. Oh, fourth line. Okay. It'll be 42.2, the conjunction right. between the sun and Jupiter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, and that makes a lot of sense too, because, you know, this is, this is a strictly Sarah phenomenon, but in my progress chart, I'm about to have a new moon in the 42 in my, <laughs> I'm going to have a new moon in the 42 conjoined my natal Venus while a Mercury retrograde Kazemi was happening, um, in the progress chart. So, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like there's a longer story that's going on around my, around my natal Venus. Right. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, so more to come on that, but I, yeah, I think this, the, the Jupiter uh, direct and the sun trine feels like just like a little bit of blowing off some steam from the past, um, eclipse cycle. 
Yeah, I'll just quickly touch on 49 because it's relevant to me. And I know last time before it retrograded, uh, I know other people were feeling 49 too if they had 19. Uh, 49 is the gate of revolution. It's part of the tribal emotional circuitry because uh, it's in the emotional solar plexus of 19, which creates that definition. It's an energy of principles and like when principles have to be enacted in the tribe. Uh, there's revolution to allow them to take place or for principles to be broken down. Um, it's a gate of death and of killing. It's really morbid, really. Like this is where death takes, not tight, not death, killing. This is where killing takes place, to be more specific. It's a very peculiar uh, gate. But anyways, it's part of the tribal circuitry. So if you're like me and you have 19, it's a ratchety wave and it goes up and down and up and down and up and down and it creates a lot of quote-unquote moodiness it's not progressive and gradual like the collective and it's not you know stagnant with spikes like individual it goes up and down and up and down until it kind of crashes and explodes so I've been especially moody these last couple of days I forget what day it went into effect um, when does it move out of the 49 I think January 23rd or January 20th okay well yeah it's wild let me see January do 20th yeah I'm excited I'm already over it I want it to be done um but anyways yeah so if, if you're feeling moody that may be why but also maybe you have 22 because like we have lots of potential uh like solar planet moving things activating solar plexus like if you have 22 then Mars and 12 is giving you emotional definition if you have 35 then Neptune and 36 is giving you emotional definition and now with 19 and 49 in Saturn. So that's, yeah, that's, it's fun. Uh, except it's not like, I, I say everything's fun, but like this really isn't, it is fun to watch. It's not fun to experience. Um, but anyways, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. Um, yeah. Revolution has no support unless it's perceived as necessary, which internal revolution. Yeah. Not very pleasant, but other than that, I think that concludes our episode for today. <laughs> Well, we've managed to, I think, keep it at an hour, so I'm happy about that. Camera um, hasn't died this time. <laughs> my computer hasn't died either, so we're in good shape. It was really getting close. I was like, if we do another 90-minute or we're going to be, you know, cutting it close. But, um, but yeah, so so next week we're going to be talking about, what is it, the 55? No, 8 and 14. Oh, my gosh. Okay. 14. So next week we're going to be talking about the 14. And we'll also probably by then be talking about the new moon in Sagittarius because that's going to happen. Um, for that's, anyone, 34. that's in gate 34. Um, interesting, right? After talking about the 34 uh, in relationship to this past gene key. Um, again, if you guys stuck around for the entirety of this episode, you like what I'm it sorry. is that we're talking about. Yeah, if you stuck around, you get an A plus. Get an A plus. We're proud of you. Um, yeah. <laughs> With the 4323 noisy uh, shadow, it has been, you know, there has been some noisiness. But, um, but yeah, we appreciate you if you have decided to follow us along with our conversation. Um, again, please, uh, if you haven't already, subscribe, like, comment. You can reach out to me or Laura if you want a reading. Uh, our info is at the bottom in the uh, info section under the YouTube video. And yeah, I think that's it. Thank you, everyone. Um, and we will catch you on the flip side.
Have a great week.